You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Share a Slice with Sean. Um, this week, I'm happy to have on the show Valadia Chapman, and uh, she runs the website EarthMomMedicine.com. Um, she's on Instagram over at Earth Mama Medicine, and also at YouTube, same place, Earth Mama Medicine. And uh, I caught up with Valadia over on Skype at a Starbucks in uh, small town Northern California. Um, you can also hear her boyfriend, Matt, on the interview as well sometimes. Um, so they left their apartment, and uh, Matt and Valadia drove across the country with their hairless cat, Rumi the Sphinx. And we'll be talking about that uh, in this interview. And uh, we'll also be talking about her time as a cast member on the Book of Mormon musical and uh, that's where she met Matt Stone and uh, Trey Parker. Um, so uh, also stay tuned to the end of this episode. Uh, I'll be playing a new track from past guest Kelly Fraser called Disco Club. Um, so check out the episode on Kelly, actually. There'll be a link in the notes for that. Uh, she was actually up um, for a, uh, well, she actually was nominated. Uh, for a 2018 Juno Award up here in Canada for Indigenous Music. Uh, she's an up-and-coming Inuk musician from Canada's Arctic. So it's something that, I mean, that music you're not going to hear anywhere else. And uh, I've got a sort of a more poppy, dancey track at the end called a Disco Club. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, uh, with all that said... Um, Let's get started with the interview with Valadia Chapman. You're joining me from your van because you basically, you and your, your, your boyfriend, Matt, right? Like left mm -hmm. New York City and you bought your, well, you bought a van and you kind of retrofitted it a bit and you and your, your boyfriend and your cat, uh, Rumi the Sphinx, uh, you drove <laughs> all the way across the country, basically, living in a van. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Can, can you, you sure did. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about, like, what um, motivated you to do that? And, and, I mean, just a little bit about how you were getting ready for that and, and how, you know, just, just launch yeah. right into the story. I mean, I'm <laughs> So Matt and I were living in... Uh, Yonkers, New York together with Matt's father and it was a really tiny apartment and so the lease w the lease ending was coming in March of this year and we knew that we wanted to get a place together so we began the search in like uh, probably December I guess and we were just realizing that it wasn't very appealing to this idea of staying in New York and paying over two grand for another tiny apartment somewhere and having to work jobs that we didn't want to just to be able to pay that and not be able to have social lives and everything that comes with that sort of lifestyle. And we wanted to travel. So I was watching videos on YouTube of popular van lifers like Jinty Fell and um, what were some other ones? Eamon and Beck. 
noble culture. Yeah. And so I, you know, we turned to each other and we were like, we can do this. I think this is a great idea. We should take this money that we've been saving and working for to get an apartment and use it to just get a van and just leave. We want to go to California anyway. We want to start, try something new. The city is really intense. And so, yeah, we left. Matt's from New York, though. He was born and raised there. I'm not from New York. I've only lived there for like four years. And so I was ready to go. And what'd you say, Matt? <laughs> yeah, so we, we launched a GoFundMe page and our friends and family donated. And people from like YouTube supporters, Instagram supporters, they donated and we made it happen. We bought a van, a 2000 uh, Ford Econoline, like passenger van with a bunch of seats in it. We removed all the seats. And all of it's on YouTube. You can see us like go to a junkyard and they help us take the seats out. And we removed all the paneling and we did everything ourselves at my dad's house in Georgia. And then we left. And it has been absolute bliss. It is the best feeling ever to feel free. And, you know, we're setting up ways to have a passive income. But now it's just been bliss. Like it's it's been the best thing ever, right? It's so much, I mean, it's so much freedom. It's like, to me, it's like the ultimate road trip movie, but it kind of like, it hasn't ended yet. I mean, you're, you've kind of like <laughs> broken away from the shackles. It's like you've, you've escaped the man, you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like so good to be able to go wherever we want. I mean, we get up at like six in the morning as soon as the sun starts to rise. And we're like, oh, so where do you want to like spend the morning? Okay, let's drive to the beach. And we're just like half asleep driving to the beach. And then we arrive and that's where we brush our teeth and eat breakfast. I mean, we can go anywhere we want because our house is just right here. We're like turtles. How do you how do you support that? Because I think that a lot of my listeners are probably thinking, wow, that sounds like the best thing ever. I would love to do that, but I need to I need to have a job, so I need to go to work every morning. How how do you guys get out of that trap? What do you mean like like get out of get out of what trap? How do how would we tell someone who wants to do this? I guess how did you guys do it yourselves? Maybe maybe some people oh. it works for them, maybe some people it doesn't. I, I'm not sure. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's just about feeling brave enough to do something like this. I mean, we were so 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 fed up with our lives in the city. It was we were so fed up with the grind and with just being around so much negative energy and that that we were pushed to work our butts off. I worked three jobs before we left. Matt worked morning to night every day. We worked so much and then we did our GoFundMe page, you know, and so that's another thing if other people feel comfortable enough to ask your community because it would not have happened if we wouldn't have received so much support from our family and friends. So I think that's a huge thing to think about because it took us a while to gain the bravery to even be able to ask. The funds that we had saved up would last, I don't know, we expected three or four months. So we weren't too worried. But um, divine, man, divine timing <laughs> saved us in so many other instances. So we felt pretty comfortable with just taking a leap and trusting in the universe, so to speak. Yeah. You, you got to do that. All great, all great <laughs> things are like that. And I mean, a little context, I mean... Um, I, 
for the same rent that you pay in some places, um, you could only afford to live in a van in New York City, probably. That too. I mean, yep. like you guys are killing yourselves probably working these jobs to pay insane prices to be in New it's York. It's impossible to live there now. It's impossible to live there and be someone and be people like us that want to have lives other than our jobs. Hello, I'm not a slave. But in order to live in New York, you have to and, and be a, a more low income person. I mean, if I'm not a lawyer, doctor, you know, all those really high income jobs in order to live in New York, you are a slave. Hello, you are your work. I mean, all of my friends are working all day just to pay for their apartments and then just to go, be able to go out on the weekends and get a couple of drinks or whatever. Yeah. And then they don't have anything else. They don't have money to do anything else. No money to invest, no money to save for travel. So what are you even doing? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I have a friend who lives in um, London and it's the same thing. He had to move back to a smaller town just to just to get out of it. I mean, just to be able to survive, like to be able to go for a pizza, like uh, yeah. craziness. So you get out, you, you leave New York City, right? And you, the first place you go, as you say, is is Georgia. And I just remember seeing your Instagram where you're going dolphin watching. Uh, also, <laughs> I think that was Key West, actually. I can't remember yeah. the whole the timing, but you you went down around there and you went to the Everglades. And, and I mean, do do any moments like stand out to you like when when you were out in nature and, and you were just seeing all this amazing stuff? What moments stood out? Oh my gosh, so many moments. Like I can't even choose. Maybe 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 the sunrises and the sunsets, I think, are like the most I mean, we just weren't enjoying them in New York like you can down in Key West where there is nothing impeding your vision. It is straight coast. And the sun, I mean, it is so beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that's like the, the moment, top. The moment we left was pretty peak too when we had finally just set off and we knew that we weren't coming back to Georgia anytime soon. And we were going to, from this point on going West and we had nothing but, you know, time, time was on our side, so to speak for the first time in my life, at least. So, um, that was amazing at that moment too. We were like, it was what, like two or three in the morning. Yeah, we just left Georgia. We, like, we couldn't wait. Peace. We were like, I'm not sleeping. Let's just go. And it was <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, I was in a video game. And then uh, Miami for me, that was the first time I had ever seen clear water. So that was pretty orgasmic <laughs> um, spiritually. And then um, Key West with the dolphins. I had always wanted to see dolphins. And we were, we were kind of apprehensive about not having the funds to go see them <clears throat> so yeah but we like made, we made everything happen. happen yeah because i saw one uh youtube where you guys were looking for um looking for somewhere to sleep that might have been actually down around there <laughs> and yeah like, that was qs yeah and and uh you you were looking through your the, the guides for camping places and like it's it looked like an episode of Scooby Doo or something like what what was the deal with that Did you, obviously you lived explain a little about yeah, what that was about Yeah we lived It was just that you know people would put on freecampsites.net I mean that's what you get when it's the internet it's like anybody can go on there and say that hey guys this is a great place to sleep in your car if you want to 
Yeah, you can put it on there. Anybody can. So this the only place that we were finding down in Key West was this really sketchy place that you're not supposed to drive on the road. You're not supposed to drive across the bridge. But he was saying drive across it anyway, even though there are signs that say no vehicles. And then like go park in this place where there's a bunch of abandoned tents and abandoned food where people probably like immigrants were running away. <laughs> and he was like, and then, yeah, some case said that like, the, so, yeah, some people reviewed it and were like, don't sleep here. The next morning, the Coast Guard came and put M16s in our faces. What? We were like, what kind of campsite is this? Whoa, 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 whoa. You woke up in the in the morning and you had like the Coast Guard pointing like what automatic guns that's at you? That's what the not us. That's what one of the art uh, reviews oh, said of okay. that campsite. Wow. That's why we were like, uh, we're not going here. <laughs> Jeez. We just found that random place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up sleeping in a twenty-four hour parking lot. Yeah, like a like a Walmart type place. No, we actually like because right down in Key West, there's no big chain stores oh, like Walmart right, or anything. Right, it's right. just like it's just like Island Town and small stores. So we found like a beachy. It was like all sand too. Twenty four hour parking lot just for people that are like partiers basically and want to go to all the little tiki bars and stuff. Yeah, and you pay fifteen bucks and you park there the whole night. And so we were like, oh, this is a good place to sleep. It might be a little loud for like drunk people walking by, but it was all right. It was fun. Yeah, Flor- Florida is a weird place. Uh, it I, is. It, it is pretty strange <laughs> down there, especially Key West. There's a lot of interesting people who uh, mm-hmm. end up down there for sure. And and when you were driving, like especially across the flatter lands, I don't know, like because you went across, like you're going like Austin and then New Mexico, like Texas, New Mexico, like I just saw these like like tiny little highways and it was like a scene out of fear and loathing in las vegas or something it does look like we were saying fear and loathing the whole time back yeah. country. i was like is this back country yet yeah it was yeah so, it was so cool i drove across the states a while ago uh with a friend of mine and we we went through um wisconsin i think but it was northern wisconsin so there's nothing there's nothing around. And we would stop occasionally at these tiny little like uh, gas stations that time had forgotten, basically. <laughs> yep. I just remember sitting in a gas station parking lot at three o'clock in the morning and looking at the stars and you just see billions of stars out there. And you're just, yeah. and I'm just like, it's like time just stopped. It's like the world mm. It's like all of human, like all of the noise with humanity stops, and it's just you and the countryside. It's absolutely. Do you, do you know what I mean? Did you get that feeling yeah. where time kind of like you don't have to worry that it's Monday anymore? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so awesome. We forget. We never know what day it is. We're just we're just existing at this point. It's awesome. That's more natural. We have no rules. Yeah, we have no rules. Uh, you guys went to some kind of concert there as well. Um, yeah, now I'm starting in to California. Lose yeah, yeah, yeah. So in California, yeah, there. we went to the High Times. We went to the High Times Cannabis Cup, which was a big show, like a concert, also. But it was also a cannabis competition. You know, lots of Northern California growers were there, showcasing their bud and their extracts and stuff. It was nice. I had uh, the Sisters of the Valley, and they're they're like these weed nuns on the show. Oh, I've seen that. 
Yeah. You spoke to them? How cool. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to Sister Kate. She's on. She was on the show. They see this as almost being sacred. Like, this is like... It is. This plant is more than just... I mean, it is a plant, right? But it's it has it's amazing properties. Because that's part of, like, your Instagram. That, and I mean, there's just so much there because... You, you you have a like a syncretism, let me ooh, big word, uh between different <laughs> things. Like you also have, I noticed you have uh Yoni Life there too. And uh, I had actually mm-hmm. dis I had a previous guest on uh Jenna Jimenez. She like uh is a big advocate of that as well. A big advocate of, you know, uh using like, you know, uh, reusable or 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 just you know celebrating that part of the body right which mm-hmm. uh, I mean a lot of I, I think that vaginas freak a lot of men out and they freak a lot of women <laughs> out too which is weird yeah because totally I don't know a single guy who's freaked out by his penis yep to be honest <laughs> you're right though you're definitely right. And it's sad. It's even, of course, there are a lot of men and we hope that they are become more aware of things. But it's really, really sad to me, the women that don't know. And that's the reason why I've dedicated a whole series on my YouTube to Yoni Health. And I've been coming out with videos talking about menstruation and Yoni eggs and steaming and all different kinds of things because women don't even know what's going on down there. We just, oh, here's a symptom. Just go to the doctor and she'll tell you what to do. She won't even explain to you what it is. And you don't know what it is, and it's happening inside of you. Like, come on, people. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Can you tell me a little bit what's steaming? That's the thing that I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so it's a sacred practice that's been happening for thousands of years where a woman squats over water that's been boiled with herbs. Uh-huh. Certain herbs like uh, rosemary, motherwort. Uh, you can even put cannabis in there, lavender, a lot of different healing herbs. And you squat over and let the steam rise up into the vaginal canal and everything. And it is really beneficial for women that have really intense cramps. It's beneficial for women that are experiencing dryness. It's, it's good for a lot of things. It, it just makes you feel really clean and yeah, it's a, it can be also a spiritual thing, a spiritual cleansing practice, and I'm a big supporter of it. So, I, I get I got to think about like how that works, but I, I'm guessing that like because <laughs> I'm a guy, but I mean, uh, I guessing you know the steam, you know, you don't want to you don't want to burn yourself. This is just like steam off. No, like you a wait till it you wait cup. till it cools. Like you have the hot water pot beneath you, and you squat over it, and usually there's like little wooden seats that you can buy to sit over the pot comfortably okay and you wait till it's cool you wait till it's cool enough for the pot just to have like warm steam not super hot hot steam and you sit like um a foot above it so that you're not too close to it and then you just let it rise up in there gently and it feels amazing i feel like guys should do it too (laughs) well i mean how (laughs) he said matt just said where would it go (laughs) i mean i don't know just down uh, there i mean that it never gets enough love down there just some steaming you know it feels clean like just like the europeans do the what are those bathtubs called i forgot i feel like i mean those toilets guys should have their junks this like exposed to the sunlight oh lord here he goes anyway next (laughs) you nudists yeah i mean i've had nudists on the show too I, i i find that um uh, a lot of dudes can probably benefit from washing down there regularly. I mean, I don't know this from experience, 
personally because I, you know, I, I'm <laughs> hetero myself. But the thing is that like, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm just assume like I know from personal experience that if I'm like sitting around for a long time, I need to like, you know, wash need it to up. Wash. And it's the yep. most sincerely, it's the nicest thing you can do for, for someone who's going to be like, you know, if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to like be intimate with someone for God's sake, wash, <laughs> you know, you, uh, also talk about the, the dangers of tampons actually. And, uh, toxic mm -hmm. shock. I mean, I never heard about any of this stuff before I, I went out with my, I started going out with my wife because she uses, um, cloth or she uses cloth, um, you know, the pads. cloth pads, and she also mm -hmm. used the cup as well. Um, nice. And she told me about toxic shock, and I'm like, that's screwed up, man. I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really hear much about that as a, as a, as a dude. And uh, what I found on your, your Instagram as well is that a lot of these, like, these tampons are just made with, with, like shitty, horrible cotton, like the stuff that's left horrible over. Horrible rayon, like wood chips, like it's, and it causes lacerations in the skin within <sighs> the vagina, which, which causes us to be more prone to infections and imbalances. And Dude, that, it is like, it is terrible. That's like that. So yeah. So basically you're taking like, you know, I don't know, freaking fiberglass or something like not as bad, mm -hmm. but and you're just, you're just sticking it up your cooch and you're just, you're mm -hmm. just like scratching your that's like nuts like if if you're a mm -hmm. guy i mean just imagine just taking i don't know just take a piece of sand parent paper and stick it between your butt <laughs> cheeks or something like it's horrible <laughs> right yeah and it doesn't hurt like that because women we use tampons for years and we feel fine it's just that it's it's microscopic lacerations that you don't even know are there that can cause imbalances for you and they can just be they can just cause like negative effects to everything down there and it shows how much the corporations really care about feminine health it's just a it's just a profit thing and i mean yeah it's terrible and so i do also advertise the diva cup there are some tampons that are well made there are some organic tampons that are 100 percent cotton and good quality cotton that you can use yeah i mean but i think just use them sparingly is all I usually say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a it has to do with practicality, I suppose. Like, if you're going to go swimming or something, I can see the point. Maybe uh, if you're going exactly. to public school, public school, public pool. But I mean, yeah. if you're if you're going to go swimming in a, I don't know, a, in a in a lake or something, does it really matter at that point? I don't know. Yep. You know? Yep. Exactly. And, and and what I read actually on your on your your um your instagram is that uh procter and gamble they were the ones i think they they just when they they figured out that these tampons these rally or rely tampons were bad they just uh, sent them all off to africa to to to, yep. to you know to fuck up the 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 black women over at africa that's yep. like the worst Wow. Absolutely. We do that with a lot of stuff. We just trash it over to the black folks. But we won't get into that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad. So I'm I had to bring awareness to that and that's why that's a huge part of Earth Mom Medicine Lily is I'm trying to bring a lot more feminine health to the forefront. Yeah, it's really holistic. Like I went over to your website, earthmommedicine.com. 
a lot of your services there are are just things to help people kind of organize. I mean, it's kind of interesting because mm -hmm. it's a big kick now where uh, people are like, oh, well, I'm going to like pay, uh, I don't know, uh, what's what's another blue apron or something to to, mm -hmm. to come and prepare all my foods and send them over, you know, froze or, or give me all the little, what is it, all the bags and things and all the, the pack. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'll assemble them all like a model airplane kit or something, and then I'll have a meal. And I mean, I guess that's better than eating, um, you know, hungry man frozen dinners every night or something. I mean, I, I can't deny that. But you want to take it to the next level. Then what I found uh, as a dude who did live off of hungry man uh, and Raymond and whatever, you know, for ages is that uh, it's baby steps. So, I mean, uh, I could totally see myself like, you know, saying, hey, help me out. How do I shop? How do I plan like my meals? How, mm -hmm. how do I do all this stuff? And these are some of the features, features. These are some of the services that you offer on your website to people. It's like mm -hmm. the ability to just give them some, uh, some pointers on how to make nutritious meals. Mm -hmm. And some people, some people don't even want meal guidance. A lot of times they'll I'll do a Skype coaching that we just pay by the minute and we'll talk about life or we'll talk about feminine health or we'll talk about whatever else you're going through, high blood pressure, stuff like that. A lot of people just need some guidance on how to treat themselves. And so full, full disclosure, you're, you're a holistic um, nutritionist. Nutritionist. Right. Yes. So, so and you specialize... Uh, I, I don't know if you do this for all of your, your clients, but you specialize mostly for yourself, at least, uh, raw vegan food. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even call myself specializing in that because I just started being a raw vegan a few months ago. So it's oh, okay. new for me in my journey. But I coach only vegan. That's all I, I specialize in helping people uh, transition to veganism, transition to plant-based lifestyles. And when I coach people, I only provide plant-based meal plans and plant-based practices. I won't tell somebody like, okay, so tomorrow eat this chicken, the next day eat this fish. You know, I don't, that's not the way that we work. Why, why are you vegan? Are you vegan because of the ethical reasons or the nutritional reasons or both? All of the reasons, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I started out being vegan because of the health reasons mm -hmm. and then like a few days later when i was really digging into research and documentaries definitely for the animals i started to really realize how terrible it was and then i i mean the more i was like the more i was uh, exposed to information now i'm vegan for every reason there is environmental reasons everything yeah yeah you know uh i'm one of those people who i've tried to be vegetarian because for me what my strategy is personally is I've mostly cut out all red meat. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm kind of trying to go one thing at a time. Like I'm going to cut out um, beef, right? Because I see that as mm -hmm. being like, first of all, cows are smart. Like they're really intelligent. So it makes me feel kind mm -hmm. of bad when I eat them. But secondly, it's not great for me. And thirdly, they fart all the time. And so maybe we should like, you know, not be cultivating like them just to kill them and eat them. 
And yeah, what, it's really you know, harmful. It's harmful for so many different things. And uh, so I'm like, okay, this probably has the biggest footprint, cows, to a certain extent. So now I'm kind of trying to work my way down, like to smaller and smaller animals until eventually I'm, I'm done. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Is that, does that make okay. sense? Or I guess. Yeah, anyway. however, whatever works for you, it's, it's nice that you at least have an awareness of what your diet is like now and how you want to move forward to a more high vibrational diet. It's yeah, whatever works for you. I, I tried to be vegetarian and uh, it's hard. I mean, it's not easy. Like you got to kind of, you can't just say I'm going to be a vegetarian and then just cut out all meat because then you're not going to have anything left, right? You need to replace that with other stuff, that, like other proteins, you know, like other mm -hmm. things. And especially when mm -hmm. you're dealing with, uh, with, with, you know, restaurants and, and, and like just trying to be like, um, uh, portable with your yeah, food. Yeah, you definitely, yeah, you have to be, you have to search harder for places a lot of times. It's but, getting easier. You know, it, that's the reason why any, that's the reason why whenever I coach people that are willing to, that are wanting to transition, the first thing I tell them is to make sure that you seek a lot of information, listen to lectures, listen to speeches, watch arguments on YouTube and debates from people that are having the vegan versus non-vegan argument, you know, learn the perspectives and figure out your why. And when you figure out your why, stand strong in it, you know, because if you're just doing it because, oh, I saw some blogger on on YouTube, she lost a lot of weight, she's vegan, I'm just going to do this. Or, oh, I saw this really sad, like, pig video one time. No, that pig video is going to dissolve in, like, five months. You're not even going to remember what it looked like, and you're going to start eating bacon again, you know. Really stand strong in your why and research it and know why you're deciding to do it. And you'll stand, and you'll stay vegan. Like, you'll stay because it can be really hard sometimes for us being vegan in these food deserts and stuff, but we make it work because I can't imagine putting an animal or something made from an animal in my mouth anymore. Like it just, that sounds like putting something on edit, like you wouldn't put, I'm not going to get graphic, but you know what I mean? It just sounds impossible. Ex so excretions, we make it work. Yeah. yeah we yeah, make yeah. it work. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I wonder myself if, uh, if a lot of the anger towards vegans, because there is, like, uh, you, you say you're vegan and you can get, like, uh, people are, can get really weird when you start talking about, because, and, and, and what you're talking about yeah. is not them. You're talking about you. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I don't eat these things and they get really testy and defensive. And, do you and think that's a good thing. It should show you that you feel uncomfortable if you feel defensive, you know, because most of the time when I'm home with my family, I'm just eating my salad in peace. You know, I'm not eating what everyone else is eating, their pizza or their, or their fast food. And they'll start to ask questions to get defensive. Why aren't you eating this? this da, 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 da. You know, I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just going about my business. So if you feel defensive, that means that maybe you want to make a change. I mean, I feel proud of the way I eat, so I don't feel like I am embarrassed by it in any way. So if you're embarrassed by the way you eat but in front of vegans, then maybe maybe you secretly want to be vegan. I don't know, you know? You know, uh... Or maybe you're aware of it. My, my grandfather was the greatest guy in the world. I loved him. And he, um, he was a butcher for, um, God, must have been over 50 years he was a butcher. And his, it's funny because he couldn't watch the Muppet show. 
like when Mrs. when Miss Piggy came on, he didn't <laughs> like it. He had like this weird reaction to the Muppet Show. He didn't like it at all. It was very it was weird. <laughs> like right, he had this reaction uh, because he also um, used to um, transport cattle. Like he actually worked on a cattle, like a an abattoir type thing, where he would shoot the cows and wow. kill them and bring them to. Wow! And he was a but he did all this stuff, and then you know what? When I uh, when I when my wife and I went to visit him, uh, and my grandmother, um, we forgot to tell them that we didn't eat beef at the time at all so uh -oh. he had a fridge full of like these these thick juicy steaks that he was going to put on the barbecue for us and you know you know what we, we we said we said you know what we we don't we don't eat beef anymore we we gave it up because you know for for diet and moral reasons and you know what he did he said oh okay that's fine and he brought us something else. He brought us another kind of meat, but he didn't. He he put set those steaks aside. Zero judgment. Yeah, none. That's it great. It didn't bother him at all. That's awesome, and that's the way it should be. And that's the way I feel about meat eaters. It's so funny being a vegan for so long, especially people knowing that I have the Earth Mom Medicine platform because people get so uncomfortable around me mm -hmm. when they're eating meat, and I'm like, look, I don't. I mean, I don't want to do it for myself. I'm not going to shun you. You're just, you know, you're living your life and you're figuring it out. You guys are in California now. You're, you're basically, what are you doing? You're kind of like maintaining <laughs> this farm uh, that yeah, on 25 we, acres of land, right? Yeah, he, our friend, a friend of mine that I met through Instagram like a year ago, he's lived here uh, for a little bit with his little son and... The house, he, he just finally came back like a few months ago and the house has just sort of been out here. He's been paying rent, but he was just traveling for a little bit. But now the grass was tall and, you know, the garden was sort of like destroyed. So he came here and was like, I'll pay you guys. You know, you don't have to pay rent or anything if you just come and help me with the outdoor work and help getting the house back up to par. And then you can grow your own food. We'll go to the farmer's market with it because he had done that in the past. And um, we're getting to work with a little bit of cannabis, which is great because he has a lot of connections with other farms. And so it's just been a nice like break from the van life to be connecting with nature and and experiencing that. Holy crap. So basically you're living on this little farm uh, on a whole bunch of land in like this, you know, California, beautiful. I can hear the birds actually where you're at. I know you're not at the, <laughs> the farm. You're You're probably in town, but... Yeah, we're at the Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's like that's like jarring. <laughs> it's like hear that after all this. But yeah, like so you're you're living in this small like uh, farm, and you're just growing your own Mary Jane, and you're just like that sounds pretty freaking idyllic, man. It's awesome. It really is awesome. The only thing that I wish we had was the beach nearby because we're like so far north, we're not really near the beach, but. Man, soon. Well, soon we'll get back in the van and we'll experience because it's so dry out here. Oh yeah, so they don't but have any water holes a, or anything. What you're saying? Yeah, it's not much of like a lush area. It's just a lot of like dry, tan, hay land. You know, like <laughs> no green grass. Did, but still, it's it's a blessing. Like no complaints. Did you guys ever run into any hairy situations? Like, uh, did 
did the clan come after you anywhere or did you like uh, <laughs> like anything we crazy totally thought about that well no um this crazy thing happened though when we were like uh like a week ago you know we're in this really really tiny town that's just nothing but a bunch of farms i mean people have hundreds of acres to themselves here and then you have a little tiny town with a starbucks you know and so Everybody knows everybody. And here we come with this big black van and we look like we do. You know, I have a big afro. Matt has long dreadlocks. We have a hairless cat. We have bright yellow New York City license plates, New York license plates. They're bright yellow. So it's like we stand out. And we got followed home by a cop. Not all the way home, but we got followed from town out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah, he waited until we got sort of like out in the middle of nowhere. And then he pulled us over. We were like, oh, my God, what should we do? Like, we can get killed right now because this is like one of those towns from Get Out. Like, yeah, yeah. You just, just disappear. Take us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, you know, and so he he rolls down the window and he's like, oh, I, I just, you know, you guys didn't do anything. I just I saw your New York plates and I'm also from New York. What's oh. up? We were like, are you freaking kidding me? holy crap i yelled at matt was like so calm he was like oh hi and then i yelled at him i was like you're so mean why would you do that he put the lights on and everything like what the hell is wrong with you jesus christ yeah i would be i'd be afraid that this guy would you know come in with his like a crazy southern drawl and he'd be just like yeah ready to kill us i think you better follow (laughs) me over there to that uh, abandoned house uh we got a few things to talk about. You're something crazy like that. And then the like KKK that? is waiting. Jeez. I mean, because that... for real. We, we think about that all the time. And and I think he was checking us out because, you know, we had been coming to the Starbucks every day because we didn't have Wi-Fi at the farm. Okay. And so we kept, we kept seeing the same people. And I know these little old ladies probably know the sheriff. And they probably said, like, hey, we see this New York van come through here all the time now, these black folks in it. Check so it so they probably said, like, can you check them out? Because he came and, like, stared at us for a little bit. And then it was like, oh, sorry, y'all didn't do anything. So I bet you he was, like, scanning to see if he smelled weed or to, like, see if we were, like, crazy looking. I don't know. I, I don't think he was just saying he's from New York. But, we, but, but weed's it was a good not, cover up. weed's not illegal there, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not illegal, but would it be illegal if you were smoking it while you were driving, babe? It wouldn't? Oh, okay, I'm well. Oh, well, okay, well, never mind. Yeah, you like up here in Canada, there's like, um, like I, I'm not really that much of a of a pot guy myself, but what I do know is that uh, it's like a big deal now. They're trying to figure out what to do with driving because uh, the thing with driving is that like some people when they smoke a joint, can handle it. More than just that, they're like way better drivers when they're stoned. Yeah. Like some yeah. people, and imagine the people that have epilepsy. I mean, they need their THC oil that they take every day to be able to get places without them having a seizure and wrecking. Like they should if, be able to drive. If you're if you're an anxious person, and you take some some you know you you smoke some weed, the the, the stuff that like calms you down, you will drive better than somebody yeah. who who's like freaked out. Because the worst kind of driver is the nervous driver because you don't know what the For hell sure. they're going to do. Right. A hundred percent. And I'm a nervous driver and I have also driven on cannabis and I will a hundred percent attest to that. You're you just right. going to drive a bit slow. That's all. You're that's... more focused. Yeah. I drive you're... slow like a granny and I'm able to be calm that's and it's true. great. Yeah. Hey, see, yeah. Matt can attest to it. I drive nice and slow and I don't care yeah. who's behind me. I don't care if they're mad. I'm relaxing and I feel <laughs> Stay... much better. Stay in the right <laughs> lane. Who cares? They can just yeah. pass you. 
right? Unless I'm not bothering key, anybody. Unless you're going down that tiny road on Key West, then everybody gets pissed off. But they can just, <laughs> they're going to have to wait, right? Because if memory well, serves, no, they don't let you on pass. Those yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the small roads, I mean, they're like fantastic. You know, um, Valadia, I was like taking a look at uh, some of your stuff on the internet too. And I found that you actually were in um, the Book of Mormon. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Like, what were, yeah. you, what were you doing in that? Because that is like, I love that. I went to see that live here in Montreal. It was. Oh great. my gosh, I was probably in it. You, I we, went it to could Montreal and performed in it. <laughs> I'd have to look at the year. Like, was it what, 2012 or 20? It was, oh, if it was 2012, then no, that wasn't me. I, I, I joined it and I was in Montreal 2017. I would have to look to see when I went because I could have actually seen you. Uh, I went, it was at Place des Arts there here in Montreal. And that's uh, pretty I, cool. Yeah, I love that play, did, play, musical. Did you actually get to mm -hmm. meet? uh the uh the the south park guys or yeah or it... matt and trey yeah we met them once they're pretty they're pretty chill yeah i can imagine i mean they're like i i would love to chill with them they they look like my kind of people for sure like really cool. <laughs> they're pretty stale though they're like they're kind of like antisocial. they're just like oh hey guys they're like really quiet which yeah, is yeah, surprising we, for such know. a like crazy cartoon you know what that means, the mild-mannered ones. That means you just need to yeah. like get a little more close with them, then they'll open up and they'll be, <laughs> they'll be the weirdest people you know, for sure. I know, I right? Totally <laughs> think so. uh, but yeah, I was in that I was in that show for for two years after I graduated college. What, which character were you? I was an ensemble character, and I was an Abalungi understudy. Okay, I see. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I went there with my wife. I loved it. That's amazing. I mean, traveling around. So you've got a little of this traveling thing already. I mean, that's actually yeah. where you started. Actually, that's where you started kind of figuring things out was when you were on the road. Yeah. Right, right after college, I spent um, over a year traveling the United States. I've been to almost every state. And I think maybe that's what itched me to get in the van. I was like, you know, like, Come on, my energy's getting so stagnant. I feel like we just need to get out and go somewhere. Yeah, wanderlust, eh? You, you and Matt, are, are, do you guys <laughs> have plans to like uh, settle down and have the, have the, you know, no. the white picket fences and the two point three kids and the whole deal? No. I mean, now we have committed ourselves to each other, and we definitely plan on having children, but. I don't know about like a home. I mean, well, like it would be nice to have a home base somewhere, but we plan on traveling for most of our lives. And I want, you know, like, of course we would take breaks for like having the babies and stuff. But when the babies get old enough, we would love to take them on the road with us. Obviously a new vehicle or like a new situation, but like we want to be able to just continue to see the world. The world's too big and our lives are too short. And um, yeah, so kids won't stop us, but settling down maybe when we're old i guess i don't know maybe not <laughs> you don't yeah you don't want to wait until you're like 62 and you can't fly anymore and you gotta you gotta drive around in a winnebago and you're you know your prostate's exactly. going jesus i mean <laughs> and and that i mean you guys i think are an inspiration for other people because even if we can't necessarily you know get out of our jobs right now 
we know that it's we know that it's out there and we know that it's possible and even yeah. if you can just take a little trip it's awesome even me driving down to vermont that's cool and mm -hmm. i mean when it comes to kids i mean um there are plenty of nomadic cultures out there where the the woman or the man just straps the kid to the back and just to their backs, and they right? Go. And they just go. Yeah. They do this in Africa. I mean, watch they do this on in YouTube. Europe. Yeah, everywhere. There are people on YouTube living van life right now with with their kids, like Jin T. Felt, which is our Australian family that we love. They have a little two year old, and they've had her in the van since she was one, since she was a little baby. I mean, there are there are tons of people of different cultures, Australians, Americans, African Americans, with their kids on the road traveling. Like, it's totally possible. It's just about it's just about having kids are totally capable. They're not a burden. I mean, I can't really speak firsthand because I don't have children, but you can figure out a way to to make it work. Uh, you this know? has been done for thousands and thousands of years. And yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and and I mean, uh, think about the amount of education these kids are getting exactly by traveling. Their minds They're are, are pre-opened, right? And they, especially when you start them young, they're going to be so used to it. They know how to act. It's different when you have a kid who's been in the same house for years and then now you start making him travel and he's going to have to get used to it and stuff. Like these babies start young. The ones we watch on YouTube, they're little babies traveling all to Bali, Australia, here, there. I mean, like, it's awesome. And yeah, they're getting homeschooled from traveling. You can't learn any better than that. No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I have a friend and he... um He's got this thing more down than I do, I think. He's he's a professor. He teaches uh, film studies here in Montreal. And you know what he did last weekend? He piled the, mm. the kids into a, a car, his two little girls, with tie-dye shirts, the whole deal. They, they all have different colored hair. Like, they're they're really amazing. Aww. And and these are little kids. These are like, you know, tw I think 12 and, and 8 and Dre. Oh, I shouldn't say the name. The other kid's name. Uh, <laughs> and they, they piled them all into the van. And uh, he just drove down to Saratoga to, to watch a Grateful Dead concert with them. Like, I mean. That's awesome. But yeah, he's just the, the his ability to get up and go. And like. You know, even if your kid like doesn't isn't used to it now, your kid will get used to it if you continue mm -hmm. traveling around. So and if you've got mm -hmm. because, again, as I said, like uh, nomadic cultures, it's been done for thousands of years. In a way, it's more natural for humans to be moving around yeah. than than just sitting around like it's only with agriculture, I guess, where people just sort of becomes they became sedentary. But before that. You know, they were moving around. They were following exactly. the buffalo. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we want to do. We like to chase the warmth, too. I do not like cold weather. Like, once it starts getting cold, I want to head south. I don't know what we want to do, but I know that I love being able to control where we where we go. Awesome. Listen, yeah. keep on trucking. Um, Valadia and Matt. It's been awesome. I mean, talking to both of you guys, I'm just going to like leave off here, I guess, with uh, a question that I ask um, all my guests or most of my guests, like what have, what, I mean, what is the single most important or thing that comes to your mind, I guess I'll qualify it that way that you've learned or that you've discovered as you traveled across this planet, across this country like, what is it about humans or the world or, or nature that you can think of right now? 
Hmm. I have learned that we are all connected and that's something that I've always, that I've already known. But the more you travel, the more you see the same stories, you hear, you hear stories from people all over the country. You see lands that look like lands from other places and you see the way the trees look. And I mean, and you start to visit more historic sites. I mean, we're all the same. History repeats itself and it cycles and like we're all the same part of the same grand one consciousness. Yeah, I can get with that. I think that we're all personally, I like Carl Sagan and what he said. You know, he said that mm-hmm. uh, we are a way for the universe to know itself. Like, mm-hmm. we are the consciousness of the universe. And and no scientist can deny that. I mean, like, literally, like, sentience. We are the sentience of the world. And, yep. uh, and we're all, you know, uh, who knows? Like, maybe when I die, I'm going to be resurrected. And maybe, maybe there'll be some sort of time warp or something. And I'll come back as you. Or I'll come back mm-hmm. as Matt. Who knows how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, thanks so much for being on the show, Valadia and Matt. Um, Thank like- you for having us. Well, that's about it for this episode. I'd like to thank Valadia and Matt for being on the show. And I'd like to encourage you to go to earthmamedicine.com. Um, also YouTube, Earth Mama Medicine, Instagram, Earth Mama Medicine. Um, I like to thank the Fantastic Plastics for the theme music. And uh, I'd like to introduce you now to Kelly Fraser's new track called Disco Club. Uh, Kelly was kind enough to let me play it for you here on the show. And remember to check out Kelly's page over on YouTube and also at kellyfrasermusic.com. So thanks so, so much for listening and praise Bob. Hair ready, dress on, makeup made up. All right, let's go. Getting ready for the disco club. Right now, that's what's up. This is the Blitz Rub. I'm in a lavender tub, getting ready for the disco club. Get one up, never ever get enough. That's why I go to the disco club. The DJ's mixing love. If you wanna make love, do it at the disco club. Dance floor is what is up. I'm going to the disco club, like I ever grew up. Right here at the disco club. That's what's up at the disco club. Meeting friends at the disco club. Fill up my cup. What is up? Get lit.
to me. If you like to dance, say yeah, yeah. If you like to sing, say yeah. If you in the disco club, say yeah. I'm in the disco club with my middle finger up, like God give a fuck. Sold to a bunch of bland normals, acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them. Tired of getting all of the guilt, but none of the sex. There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his church of the subgenes. A new destiny for the abnormal. For Bob comes to justify our sins, to unmask the conspiracy, and to get us back the slack they stole away. It's us versus them. Are you gonna fry in hell on earth alongside the pink boys? Or will you pull the wool over your own eyes and accept Bob into your mind? Repent, quit your job, slack off, and praise Bob! Church of the Subgene is eternal salvation or triple your money back. You're not dreaming. You're here in the vast and technologically advanced OSI 74 studios, where my co-host, Miss Mittens, and I, your host, Mr. Lobo, are getting ready to host a brand new season of Cinema Insomnia. But this time, we want to get you Sinsomniacs involved. Please come join us at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash cinema insomnia, where you'll find Mr. Lobo is making your new TV shows, and we're involving you in the process. Even at the dollar level, you will have access to uh, exclusives that other insomniacs aren't. You'll have access to Mr. Lobo that few insomniacs get to enjoy. Uh, there'll be other perks at other tiers, too. You'll be able to get props from the show, potentially. Uh, you'll be able to get um, your name in the credits, perhaps. Uh, maybe you could uh, bend steel bars with your bare hands, levitate cars, fly. I mean, think of it. Anything is possible if you come, be a part, and join our inner, sweet, double-stuffed, deep, 
salty, caramel, double-dipped, gooey center super core. And um, Mr. Lobo's getting hungry all of a sudden, but um, look, you hit the subscribe bar, Mr. Lobo's going to hit the snack bar, and, and we'll see you later for a brand new season of Cinema and Sound. But let's leave things of this world behind and walk now down the path of Bob for this brief minute of slack from the Church of the Subgenius. This is Reverend Ivan Stang. Uh, I'm uh, 31 years old, friends. Not an old man, a young man. Not too many wrinkles on my face, but I tell you, friend, the wrinkles on my old head come not from worrying, but from partying. There's two kinds of people. The kind that gets wrinkles from worrying and the kind that get them from partying. Now, my gray hairs come from kicks, and I can dig it. I'm a hip cat. I can enjoy myself, and I believe that's what the Lord God thing, Wotan, put us on this planet to do, is to enjoy ourselves. We were created, therefore there must be a reason. Therefore that reason must be to have fun and get slack. Uh, this is the logic of Bob Dobbs, friend, and it is inescapable. Uh, so, you can't enjoy yourself if you're a hateful pink boy who thinks that hurting other people is enjoyable, so slack for thyself and slack for others, friends, are not interchangeable, but interconnected. And so we find that there was a consistency in the word of Bob that was not visible before. And of course, it cannot ever be visible to one who does not have the blood of the Himalayan Yeti uh, pulsing through their veins. Let there be slack. See www.subgenius.com